The Third Brand. Brand. Audio. Previously on the Lost Tales of Adventuring, Princess Andrea SideQuest. Princess Andrea was traveling through the desolate wasteland of Sonorius with her cohort surrounded by wild cannibal elves and being pursued by Smithy's orc bodyguard. Within mere minutes of learning the name Boris, her random Kauaian friend, Andrea tosses acid into his face, causing him to be torn apart by cannibal elves in brutal fashion. The heinous deed also acts as a perfect distraction and deters the orc from pursuing them further. Once in the clear and riding for hours in the Sonorius Desert, Princess Andrea and her compatriots arrive at a small forest-like oasis in the middle of the Sonorius Wasteland. As night falls, Princess Andrea enters the oasis, looking for shelter as her cohorts abandon her after seeing her ruthless and acid-throwing ways. Entering the oasis, she comes across what appears to be a lost tribe of elves unaffected by the Sonorius Wasteland. Using her well-developed diplomacy, she makes fast friends with the lost elves, befriending a lady elf named Alavia. She is brought into a small village of eight and introduced to a statue surrounded by small huts where she is allowed to sleep. Awaken in the dead of night by footsteps, Princess Andrea meets another elf that is swiftly killed by one of her previous cohorts, Bilcorin the Gnome. Another arrow nearly kills another elf, but she saves him with her last health potion. Unfortunately, another wild arrow shot shatters a necklace around the neck of their sacred statue. That was apparently a magical protection from the desolation of the Sonorius Desert. Will the destruction of the Oasis spell the end for Andrea? Will the newly corrupted elves rip her apart? We'll find out right now on a Princess Andrea side quest on the Lost Tales of Adventuring. Andrea, you are now staring at the face of Alavia, who's staring at you with glowing red eyes. And you look down and see Clansar uh, looks to be convulsing and having somewhat of a seizure. But you start to see his eyes glowing red as well. Uh, looking out into the rest of this tiny little area, you still see trees falling down, and it looks like the desert is overtaking this once lush, green, bushy village. And uh, as you're looking at them, you see Alavia prance out, and she gets into kind of an attack position looking right at you. Okay, so I want to locate Horseykins. How close am I to Horseykins? Horseykins is very close, uh, about... <laughs> Horsey kids <laughs> is about ten feet away from you, uh, locked onto a tree with a little little bit of uh, slack from her. She's so, not tied to the tree. Nope, she's ready to fucking rock and roll, and uh, you are about to be attacked by Alavia, now a crazed fucking monster elf. So I dart towards Horseykins with all of my might. No, no zombie elves for me. As Olivia springs forward. You're able to duck and dodge out of her way, and you duck underneath her leap over you. And as you start running towards Horseykins, you see Horseykins now uh, neighing and moving around, pretty freaked out and scared. Uh, you have the opportunity to fucking hop on her and run away. Hop on, run away. Fucking it. You uh, hop on Horseykins with ease and grace of a princess. <laughs> and, it's like the Matrix and style. you now have... Uh, the forest is crashing down around you and you see the entire eastern side is gone and it's just desert like the rest of this large area that you saw before you entered this little oasis and you see a large opening and you see uh, the two gnomes on their little mini horses riding away towards the south. I'm going to pat horseykins to go faster and try to catch up with the gnomes. All right, so you're good to go. You fucking tear ass away 
as you see the skittering about of the elves all on four legs now looking like hideous monsters with glowing red eyes and fangs piercing out from their mouths and they yeah they look pretty horrifying and uh, as you haul ass towards uh, the gnomes, you're able to catch up rather quickly because they're on mini horses. <laughs> and you get up to them, and as you reach them galloping away, they're still leisurely moving around, even though the forest is uh, collapsing around them into just pure desert. And as you're running towards them, almost all of this little oasis has gone back into a deserty vibe. Are they within earshot? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm yes. going to scream at them. Great job, guys. What? What are you talking about? I didn't. You see me? I don't have any weed killer. I didn't make the trees die. What are you talking about? Your stupid arrows ruined that whole community. My arrow saved your ass. From what? From the dangerous elves. See, look at them. They uh, were not dangerous they're before. Com- they're coming at you pretty crazy, aren't they? Because of what you did. But that's the bunch of horseshit. I don't believe it. Oh, so you're going to come with us now? Hmm? You're going to come with us? Hmm? Stupid little gnome. <laughs> He's asking, are you coming with us now? What you doing? Hmm? What you going to do? Well, I don't know. I'm going this way. <laughs> well, we're going back to the fire. Um, Now it's out in the open, and these elves are coming right at us, and it's the middle of the night, so uh, I think we're just going to get our stuff and uh, get out of here. Get his stuff and go where? Looking at him, uh, Plop looks over at Billcorn, and they both look a little bit confused, like not too sure what to do. They just know they want to get their shit uh, that they left near the campfire and then leave. Can I? What can I see right now? Is it all desert? Uh, at this point, all of the trees and shrubbery and everything you would normally see in a large forest have dissipated and just dissolved into pure desert. And the once oasis that you saw about a mile wide is just blank uh desert and it looks like a a toxic wasteland and you see a couple little tiny puddles of what looks like bubbling lava and oil and crude nonsense and it just looks like a wasteland it's lovely what Mm -hmm. do i have on me weapon wise and right now you've got your dagger you used your acid you use your health potion Uh, as you're riding away the last test tube of whatever liquid it was falls out from your wrist and smashes onto the ground. You don't, uh, there's nothing you can do to stop it. And you are a terrible god! <laughs> all you can do now is, <laughs> all you can do now is look down at your dagger that you still have hidden up your sleeve. Um, other than that, you are without any other weapons besides the two gnomes you're riding with right now. And you see the once friendly gnomes that you were with uh, are now skittering towards you on all fours like odd possessed creatures i am going to keep riding with the gnomes but i'm saying nothing come forward a little bit at this point now you peer out into the distance and you see another fire uh probably maybe a mile away uh directly to the east so you guys are riding south to their little fire to get their shit and peering off into the distance now you see another small fire uh Raging off into the distance, probably about a mile away. Okay, so I'm going to veer off and go towards that fire. All right, so you don't stick with the gnomes at all? These little jerk faces? No way, Jose. Mm. All right, um, now seeing this fire off into the distance, uh, you rein up on uh, horseykins, and you start peering off towards the east. And as you do that, you notice that one or two of the elves continue to follow you 
And then the rest of the entire village is dashing towards the gnomes. That's karma. And you see your horse is much faster than their many horses, and you're able to break away from them fairly easily. Uh, now you are by yourself. You have a dagger, and you're riding off in endless desert in all directions, and the only thing you can see is a little fire glowing in the distance. Cut ahead a couple minutes. You're all by your lonesome, but you are riding up towards... Uh, a little fire, a little encampment. Looks like just a teeny campsite, and you see a black silhouetted figure uh, that stands up. You can't make out this person at all, but they have stood up, and they're now looking at you riding towards them in the fire. Okay, so I'm going to uh, rein horseykins to slow down. All right, so less in, less intimidating? Right, well, and, and <laughs> cautious. Oh, and to slow. <laughs> cautious. All right, fair enough. And It's not all about you know I, public image. Hey, hey, you're... You're sa- you safely rear up on horse skins and slow them down. Uh, peering behind you, you do still see a couple of elves uh, glowing red eyes in the distance. But at this point, you've made pretty long headway. They probably won't get to you for at least another five minutes or so. Five minutes. Okay. Yep. And you come up to the fire. You get close enough now that you see the figure standing next to this fire and... His skin of his hands and his face are black as charcoal, and he has sharp features to his face, uh, kind of like an elf. And he has completely black skin and some weird, like, neon green eyes, and he's looking out at you. That seems kosher. Um, So I... uh... Are, am I within earshot? Yeah, you are close enough now that where you, if you were to say something, they that person would hear you. I'm going to yell, I come in peace. <laughs> All right. Uh, peering down and mentioning this out, uh, you see the uh, darkish elf-looking person, and he looks up at you. What's up? <laughs> um, what are you doing here? <laughs> where'd, you, where'd, where'd you come from? In such a hurry, I might um, add. There, there's like this neighboring village that was kind of an oasis that was really totally great. And then some gnome friends that I had from before totally screwed that up and killed the village. And now the village is filled with a bunch of apocalypse-seeming zombie elves. And I'm running from that. You sound like uh, drama. <laughs> as, as she's explaining this to you, uh, you see in the distance, you see a couple of skittering red-eyed elves coming towards you. Uh, they'll be here in a couple minutes, but you have to deal with this random woman who's just ridden up to you in the night. And I really don't want her to bring her drama with her. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, her entourage and everything. I mean, so now, do I have any weapons? You do. Uh, through all of your belongings, uh, just looking through, you have a large sword uh, as well as a significantly powerful crossbow. Uh, that shoots automatic arrows out of it. You also have the uh, you also have the ability to make yourself incorporeal, meaning turning into smoke. Basically, uh, it's a magical ability that all dark elves have, and you have the ability to do that for ten seconds at a time. Well, so I'm going to draw my crossbow and hold her at bay. All right. To find out what's going on. All right. Uh, this new uh, dark elf person now has a crossbow pointed at you. Uh, uh, pretty wary of some weird lady just riding up in the middle of the night, frantic and drama-filled. 
<laughs> can't really help the drama. It just follows me wherever I go. So I, I make Horseykin stop. Right. And then I put my hands up to show that I have no malice. Uh, looking up at her, she does appear to be a safe person. She does appear to be uh, basically placing herself at your mercy of however you would want to Well, proceed. I noticed no wedding ring, first of all. <laughs> so. Yep. So, you know. And you notice ample bosom. Yes. Of course. The riding on the horse has just kind of knocked him a little loose, and you're just peering off, and she looks a little sweaty, a little, little glistening. Shiny. Yeah, a little shiny. Yes. <laughs> and uh, that distracts me a little bit, and I lower my crossbow. Uh, lowering his crossbow, uh, Andrea, it appears as though you may have won him over a little bit with your feminine wild. So I get off of Horseykins. Okay. Pat little Horseykins on the back because I know Horseykins is very sensitive and I mm. want to make sure that Horseykins' emotional tact remains intact. <laughs> uh, um, you do see he has a horse as well uh, tied up near a large boulder that he was kind of sitting on. So he has his horse as well. Uh, he has a couple of little belongings and a big satchel. Uh, he's got some decent armor on him. Nothing super crazy, but also pretty legit utilitarian armor. He looks like he can handle himself. So getting off Horseykins, I keep my hands up. And I tell him, hey, if you can help me through this, I can explain everything. All right. She has endeared herself to you. I'm still skeptical, just of a strange, mm -hmm. voluptuous woman riding up in the night <laughs> on a horse majestically you know because i'm not used to being around people mm -hmm. so i prefer to be on my own so where where are you going what what's um well you know in the magical desert of nothing all i saw was a campfire so this was my only destination uh right now uh alex you're just peering around at this point you're out doing your thing that she has no idea she doesn't know your name or anything about you at all uh, but you have your goals that you're trying to accomplish, and now this lady's coming to you, throwing herself at your mercy, appears to be looking for help, and you take that as you will, and in about a minute, minute and a half, you're going to have two red-eyed fucking demon elves on you guys. I decide to use my large sword to dazzle her. Mm. And she is impressed by your large sword that is extra girthy takes two hands to hold it. It's so heavy. <laughs> Handling his sword with two hands, Andrea is impressed. <laughs> I'm so impressed. <laughs> so, I decided to use that to, uh, to tie her up and keep her at bay so I could deal with these two, uh, they're elves, are they? That are f now approaching closely. Zombie elves. Zombie elves. Zombie elves. That are now, we're only a few minutes behind her that are now getting closer and I have to prepare Okay, so do you actually attempt to tie her up? Yes. Or, okay, he is. Uh, you, he does have rope and other adventurers type gear and regular things for Great. camping. Great. What does the role say? Um, well, it depends on. Will, do you allow him to tie you up, or do you fight it? Well, I'm gonna allow him to tie me up. I don't have a lot of options right now. If I don't allow him, he's gonna tell me to. Andrew seems to be into being tied up. Oh my up. god. <laughs> Andrea's all about being tied up, and uh, you're able to tie her uh, hands behind her. How else? What else do you tie? Do you tie her to a boulder? Uh, um, I, I tie. Well, 
we're in a desert. There's no trees, so no. There's boulders, rocks. I and, I, I tire to the large pile of wood I'm using to stoke my fire. He is able to successfully tie up Andrea and subdue her. And as you wrap up tying her hands behind her back, you peer out and the elves are about to be on you. And you've got your large girthy sword out uh, held with both hands. And the first elf appears to be a female elf and is still skittering towards you. And it appears it is going to run into an attack right at you. What uh, are you going to do? I, you know, draw my crossbow on the approaching elves. Okay, uh, reaching in to pull out your crossbow. Uh, You aim it at the incoming female elf, and you fire away. I yell out to identify themselves. All right. So you call out, uh, what do you call out? Uh, Identify yourself. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, identify yourself. As you yell out, asking for the elf to identify itself, there's no noise, and it continues pursuing towards you, not letting up speed at all. I judge how long it's till it's there and what a safe distance is. And with no response, I'm left with no option but to fire on this zombie elf. All right. Uh, cocking back your awesome crossbow that is magnificent in creation. Uh, you launch an arrow out that fucking plants itself through the middle of this elf's face and explodes uh, out of the back of its head, leaving nothing but a pretty significant hole to the face and out the back of their head. Uh, This arrow does not just plant itself. It completely annihilates the whole face of this zombie elf. And you see another one approaching. It'll be there in probably another 30 seconds or so. I am going to call out again when they get close to identify themselves and such a nice guy uh andrea doing this and looking out uh from what you know just in your little experiences in this land you have heard nothing but evil and terrible things about these dark elves but this elf that you are dealing with that has tied you up appears to be more reasonable and decent than anything you've heard before and maybe any of your prejudices against dark people are are overturned and uh, you start to think a little bit better. <laughs> start to think a little bit better uh, and think differently on your prejudices against dark elves. I have never had a prejudice <laughs> against anybody ever. I am the least prejudiced person in the history of this world. Um, uh, Alex, as it's coming up to you, it's the same thing. No slowdown, no stopping, skittering towards you at full blast, and you now are either shoot or attack or allow them to pounce you. I'm going to have to go with attack because I still need to deal with with random girl on a horse that she kept calling horseykins. That's my pet. That's fair. And who I happen to think is somewhere around the age of six based on the name of the horse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Fair. It's a fair assessment. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right uh loosing that arrow uh once again uh your crossbow absolutely pulverizes this uh crazed elf and it plows right through the middle of their chest as they leap out towards you and probably takes the heart out with this one shot and it collapses into a pile of bloody mess right in front of you andrea you're pretty impressed this guy's just annihilated two people with barely a of his finger and he's got that really girthy sword still 
Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm still tied up. Yes, so. you're tied up and... Is there any other threat coming at us? Uh, at this time, you do not see any red eyes or other things happening. You do see a little fire off in the distance. Uh, just gauging that, it looks like it's probably the same fire that the two gnomes had previously. Little traitors. Other than that, you see nothing but blackness and stars and moon in the sky, and that's it. Because all she sees is color. <laughs> <laughs> A fair assessment. Uh, Andrea, looking up up at this uh, dark elf, he turns around to to regard you, and he's just murdered these two things that were chasing you. Thanks. (laughs) That's it? I like, hey, thanks for saving me. Want a piece? Like, not even like... I'm tied up right now. (laughs) And... And you let me do it to you. (laughs) Uh, He walks up to you now. Uh, He has the situation under pretty firm control. You're tied up. Uh, The two elves that were charging you in a crazed, red-eyed fucking frenzy are down. And now it's just you two around this uh, flickering little campfire. Alex, looking out, uh, fucking in charge of the whole situation here with your campfire and your whole, all your shit set up. Uh, you peer down at this woman tied up uh, that you've got restrained, and you're basically controlling the situation. So what's your name? Who are you? No one really. Um, Andrea is my name. I'm just trying to look for somewhere safe to go. And you decided coming up on my place where I was safe by myself was a good idea? Okay, well, it's, it's, a, it's desert land. There's nowhere to go. When nobody else is there, that's pretty safe, isn't it? Okay, great. Now we're talking in circles. Um, I'm happy to get out of your happy little camp if you give me any direction as to where to go so I'm not in the middle of nothing. Uh, Alex, knowing uh, where you are at, you came into the Sonorius Desert from the eastern side, uh, knowing that this large endless desert appeared about six months ago uh you have your goals for and reasonings for why you wanted to come into the desert uh looking around you see that the closest to getting out of the desert would be for andrea to continue east east is the quickest way out of this desert then east cool (laughs) so go (laughs) yeah okay but I'm not going to untie you. Can I reach my dagger? You can. Uh, your hidden dagger up your sleeve, if you were to finagle it around, he did not disarm you. You could work that out. Okay. Can I just cut the ropes off of myself then? You could absolutely attempt that. You are successful. Um, you could hide the fact that you're doing this or have done this or just pop right up with them off. I'll hide it. All right. Uh, At this point, you still have your hands behind your back, but it is hidden to this dark elf person that you have basically got yourself loose. So if you are okay with me just leaving, I'm ready to go. Just give me the cue that it'll be safe leaving. Uh, Andrew, peering around, you recognize the pure blackness of night and leaving this campfire would be very dangerous. Uh, You have no idea what kind of creatures or pitfalls, traps could be around. You did recognize the bubbling crude oil pits that you can't see very well in the darkness without some light. Uh, You've probably got about four or five hours till the sun comes up. You're such a mean god. 
I, that's, this is your situation. Do I know which way is east? <laughs> Not without him pointing. Great. <laughs> I'll stay pretend tied up. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so, Alex, uh, looking around, it appears like you've still got control of the situation at this point. You were just kind of hanging out around your fire, kind of planning your next moves on what you wanted to do. Um, and until this girl came along. I do have a, a plan of my own. And this girl is throwing a wrench into the situation. But recognizing that she, she appears to be wily enough to survive out here in this desert with fucking zombie elves and other nonsense. It does appear like she could be useful to you in uh, your goals or what you want to achieve. And you could use her or befriend her or ditch her, whatever you wanted to do. But just from her surviving and getting to you from whatever she had done, it's, it's not without a little impression. So I decide to keep her around. Her boobs still really visible and glistening. Even more the reason to keep her around. Because it's been a long time since I've seen some boobs. It's true. So, uh, peering around uh, at this point, Alex, you've been by yourself for quite some time. Uh, Andrew still knows nothing about you at all. You haven't volunteered any information. She's just... She appears to be kind of resigned to just staying safe near this fire and near you who just murdered a couple elves. Uh, that's what you're looking at right now, about four, four hours till sunrise. So what, what are you doing out here? I was out here minding my own business at my fire when you decided to crash my little party. But me and my two-handed sword. My bad? Well, if your drama didn't follow you here, I would still be in my little party with my two-handed sword. It's not actually my drama. It's the gnome's drama. It came with you. Yes, that's true. Uh, peering off. Uh, Andrea, in the distance, you start to hear uh, the clip-clops of quick-feeded horses. It could be... Crap. It could be old friends of yours. Oh, they're not friends. <clears throat> um, Alex, you also recognize this uh, clip-clopping of quick-running quick little horsey feet and direct your attention to the... Uh, southwest. So instantly, I think this is more drama following Andrea. And I just, I sigh. It's a heavy sigh. Because I just like being by myself. And this large, beautiful, breasted woman shows up in my life, bringing two evil elves who I had to kill without even getting an acknowledgement from. I am not large. I am average. And... <laughs> Large-breasted. At this time, I'm just going to reveal that I've already cut the ropes off. And I'm okay. going to head towards Horseykins to hop oh, sure. on and head towards the gnomes. All right. Uh, Alex, a, a little surprised that uh, this woman who rode up with all of her drama and you thought had under total control just stands right up like your rope ain't shit and then starts walking over to a horse. Well, fuck. Um, I'm surprised that she's able to get herself out of the situation and realize she might be a little more help to me than I originally thought. Yep. And as you're doing this, you start to see a couple tiny silhouetted figures riding towards you. But I have a crossbow that's capable of long-range annihilation. Right. You also are very concerned about me and my drama. 
I didn't have any until you showed up. Right, and now I'm leaving, so now you won't. Uh, Andrea, hopping up onto her horse, uh, by the time you get onto your horse, uh, you peer out to see Plop and Bill Corn the gnomes have now come up on you, and they're within about 20 feet of this little campfire. And Alex, looking out, you see the illuminated faces of two gnomes on some mini horses riding up to you guys. And I'm riding towards them, right? Uh, riding forward very quickly. You're upon them in about two seconds. And, and I tell them to stop. Stop. What, what's going on? Because everywhere that the two of you go, you wreak havoc. And I'm done with it. That's not true at all. Yes, a, it, it is. Saves your life. Not only is it true, but I but, take the fall for it but, every time you do something. But I... We saved your life, and all the force came down around you. Pop, I will backhand you right now. I I don't even care. Um, Alex, looking out, it looks as though it's like a teacher scolding a couple of children, and you see both gnomes with their hands uh, crossed in front of them, looking down at the ground, kind of kicking it around like Andrea's fucking just running these two little gnomes. The gnomes kind of kicking everything around. You see Plop and his big long arms look out uh, towards the silhouetted figure over by the fire. And he goes, so you already have a new friend? If you have any wits about you, you'll stay away from that fire. Well, but it's warm. And there's no... uh, This is one who shoots before he asks. I like this guy already. Oh, good. Keep going towards it. Oh, okay. Uh, you plop. Uh, Bill Corn stays kind of looking at the ground a little bit sad and a little contemplative about the mistakes he may have made. And plop starts walking up to you, Alex. You see a gnome with big ass, large arms, uh, probably as big as yours on a three foot tall humanoid type person. And he walks up to you and he peers up. So what are you doing out here? I was just minding my own business when this Andrea came up bringing drama with her. Ah, you, you get it. All right, <laughs> I understand. Okay. Little all right, so, all right, now that we're, we're on the same page, we, I've got stuff, you've got stuff. Uh, we kind of need her. Uh, she, uh, can you keep a secret? Okay. She, she needs to lead us back to a wizard that we've been searching for for days. And does this help her at all, or only you? I did, uh, what's good for you? I have my own quest. Well, if you can help me, then maybe I can help you. Uh, Andrew, you're still kind of lambasting uh, Bill Corn, who killed the elf friends that you had in the little oasis and pretty much destroyed their little oasis and killed most of them and turned the other ones to zombie elves. So I rub his back for like five seconds and say, we all have our stuff. That's very kind of you to say. Yes, uh, I know. Uh, just, we, we have a mission and we, we, I'm sorry, we we're trying to protect you. We, we, need, we will protect you, I promise. You should probably be listening to me more than thinking for yourselves. Oh, Okay. Uh, okay. And he looks down, kind of reserved and defeated, like he's just accepting that he needs to listen to you. I am Princess Andrea. Yeah, okay, I'm so, I'm so sorry. And cut back over. Could I hear the conversation? <clears throat> nope, neither you guys could not hear no, the conversations. <clears throat> so right now, you're talking to this big arm gnome who appears to be somewhat friendly. Looks like you guys could 
combine forces to do something. And he's kind of offered you up a little bit of a, an alliance of sorts, like, hey, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back kind of a thing. And it's kind of up to you how you want to take that. Well, uh, Plop, looking up at you, <clears throat> Plop looks at you and he's like, so, hey, we need to keep her alive so she can help us. You have something you need to do and we kind of need a fire right now because we just dealt with a whole bunch of these crazy cannibal elves and we killed them all. So, you know, we, I could use a little nap if you want to keep watch for a little bit. Sure, you can nap around my fire. Oh, thank you, God. And he runs over nearby and he curls up like a dog. He walks on all fours and then just curls in a circle like three or four times and then lays down. And Plop goes to sleep. I sit on my wood pile that's for stoking my fire. Oh, nice. I watch Plop on the other side of the fire. And I don't sleep because I don't trust him. All right, fair enough. And Andrea and Bill Corn, you're... You're far enough off, about 20 feet away from the whole thing, and you've just been kind of going over things with Bill Corn and have pretty much reined him in. Like, your Bill Corn's kind of your, your boy now. He's going to do what you need him to do. So I make sure that Bill Corn feels appreciated and like he's going to be okay. Can you, can you rub my shoulders again? Um, so I rubbed your back already, and that but, was but probably... I mean, can you just do it a little bit more? I think I did enough. But that was... You. Okay, we have to ration comfort, so we're going to head back towards the campfire now. Okay. And uh, reluctantly, Bill Corn starts walking out in front of you and back towards the fire. Uh, you see Plop down on the ground, curled up like a little doggy, like a cute little dog little near the fire. Little piece of shit. <laughs> hey, come on! He just—he's very protective, and he just—he has a goal in mind, and he's got to do it. Okay. So, so what's your story? And he looks over at Alex. And so, so what's your story? What the fuck is your name? Pushkarex is my name. Ah, oh, what's that? Um, Bill Corn walks up, uh, looking around, and he looks like he's just kind of gauging the protection of your little circle. There's no real. Uh, like anything to protect you guys other than someone looking out uh, through the rest of the night. And he looks on and goes, ah, I think I'll stay awake now and make sure everybody stays cute. That's Bill Corrin? Yeah. Plops asleep. So I pet Bill Corrin's precious little head and I <gasps> tell him no sleep now, precious <sighs> gnome. <sighs> and he uh, lets out a gnomish purr. I guess he's sure I just, I gotta look out for you. I've got this, sweetheart. You sleep. Uh, okay, fan. And he very quickly, without thinking twice, nods off. And both of the gnomes are now asleep. You peer over at uh, Push Carrix, uh, the dark elf that you've come about. And he's kind of sitting on his wood pyre, uh, looking over at his fire, stoking it. And looks like he's just chilling. Kind of eyeballs you a little bit. Gives you a once up and down look. Great. Um. <laughs> Push Carrick's and Andrea, you sit near the fire. You guys can have a discussion. Maybe, Andrea, you go to sleep. Maybe you stay up and try to interrogate. I'm not little... sleeping. Okay, fine. Whoa, hey. Hey, easy. Easy there, Princess Andrea. Did my two-handed sword intimidate you? Absolutely not. Your two-handed sword can go and suck it. <laughs> wow. That's intense. <laughs> Um, all right, so Andrea is not going to sleep. So at this time, you have both of the gnomes asleep. 
uh, peering out into the distance, you don't see any uh, any real dangers or red eyes coming towards you. It's just empty blackness in every direction you can see. Just so you know, I'd be really weary around Plop. Plop is a plotter, and Plop doesn't understand things and and doesn't understand people and doesn't really care about things or people or uh, logic in general. So... While I'm trying to get out of here somewhere where I can actually make a difference and either try to go home or try to go back to my village, something, I'm, that's all I'm trying to do. I have no interest in ruining whatever salvation you found out here or whatever mission you're on. I'm just trying to get to where I need to go. Well, maybe you can help me on my mission and help yourself. Yeah, I've helped a lot of people, um, and it doesn't seem to be something I'm really into, so. <laughs> Maybe you just haven't helped the right person. Uh, Andrea, peering over at this svelte yet V-shaped manly dark elf with rippling packs and an exposed chest with an open shirt. You peer over, and as the shirt just tilts forward just a tiny little bit, you see a piercing on his left nipple. You see, it looks as though it's like a, a white gold piercing on his nipple. <laughs> this guy looks pretty hip, Andrea. Looks pretty hip, pretty sexy. I'm a princess. That's fair. You forget, I have plenty of man boys at home. <laughs> Um, looking around outside, uh, you see from Bill Corrin's pack, you see like a, a pulsating light uh, just slowly whoa, whoa, coming from his pack. I creep very cautiously, making minimal noise towards Bill Curran. And you get close enough without waking him up. And you're able to open up his pack and you see a glowing ball that's kind of pulsating with a white glow. Can I reach it? Yep. I get it. All right. Andrea reaching in. Andrea, you reach into the pack and pull out what you could gauge to be like a crystal ball. And it's glowing white back and forth. And as you touch it and it comes up to you, you see a blue or a blue aura change around it, and then you see a face pop up above the ball, and it looks like uh, some kind of older bearded man, and he's looking down at you, and it starts to say a message. It doesn't appear to be looking at anyone in particular. I don't recognize the person? No, you do not. But okay. it uh, begins to say, <clears throat> Attention, gnomes, it is... It is time for you to come back to the League of Wizards. If you have not found Agonic by this time, it is time to return. We have new missions for you. You must return immediately. And then the message repeats. Mm. Shit. Okay. Boy, that was a bomb. Push Carrix does overhear this, and you see the face of the person... And from your knowledge of the area and the world, you recognize it to be a high wizard. I wake Bill Curran. Okay. Uh, by doing... Very, very careful, quiet shakes. Oh, 
Oh, you're so sweet. I am. Uh, a gentle touch to Bill Corn's shoulder uh, wakes him up. Is it morning already? Oh, it's still dark outside. What's going on? And I whisper, I need to talk to you. Oh, okay. Well, what do you want to do? Yeah, come here. Okay, I'm coming. Uh, he sees you holding his ball, and he goes, what's this doing? Hold on, wait. I just give me the ball. Wait a minute. Okay, where are we We going? need to talk. We're just going to go over here for a moment. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, that, that guy's staring at us. And he points over to Push Carrick, who's staring at you. I will get to that. You first. Uh, okay, all right, let's go. And he starts walking away from the uh, lit, illuminated area of the campfire. So I show him the ball. Can he yeah. see what I saw? Uh, at this point, it is stopped repeating, so he doesn't have the message. But if you hand it over, maybe. I hand it to him, and then I let him know what I saw and hope that he gets to see the same thing. Okay. Um, handing it over to him, uh, he touches it and moves his finger around everywhere. And it says the same message, and at the end, it, uh, it adds a little something that you weren't privy to. It looks like only he wasn't. And the person in the video says, and you must abandon all pursuits of any kind. Just return to the League of Wizards and right now. We require all to return. And then I look at him and I ask him, did you know about this beforehand? Um, we, uh, we had a mission. It appears like that has been aborted. And I need to get back to the League of Wizards, but... I'm going to wait till the light comes up because it's, it's pretty dangerous around here. If You're you not going back to the League of Wizards without me. Uh, and what do you know about Agonic? Well, Agonic, that's how we're trying to get, but now I guess they abandoned that shit because we can't get them and it's taking too long. Hmm. So, you can come, but uh, I mean, you got to keep up. I think they'll be more interested in my arrival than in yours. Well, well, that's not very nice. Uh, I mean, come on. Come here. Come here. Come here. Um, okay. Fine, don't follow me. Then go some other way. If, if I'm not as important as you, then you go another way. Are you going with Plop or are you on your own with I'll us? go with Plop. He's my brother. I go where I want. I do what I want. Okay. Well, the League of Wizards is going to be way more interested in me than they are in you. Okay, I think somebody's a little bit full of herself. I think you don't know very much about the League of Wizards. That's where I work! What do you know about the League of Wizards? Do you know Agonic? I know of him. I know him. What? That's a bunch of nonsense. No, it's not. Okay, then take me to him right now. I wish I could. So? Exactly. Exactly. I head back to the fire. Alright. And over to what's his name? Push Carrick. Push Push Carrick. That's right. Okay. <laughs> he's hanging out on a bunch of wood, right? And he and he's a strapping young lad who looks like he can handle his shit. And the gnomes don't care about you much at this point, so you have a dagger and maybe the opportunity to befriend this badass dude. It's up to you what you want to do. So I, um, I come back and I reveal all. So Alex, she comes back, reveals to you what's going on, where she's been. She had a connection with this high, other high wizard, Agonic, which 
you're not super familiar with, but just in loose knowledge, you know what High Wizards are and the League of Wizards are. And from what Andrew's telling you, she may want to go there. And you know the way, and you could get there probably pretty easily because you're a badass. And yeah. Okay. Is it morning? Uh, no, it's still night, uh, but uh, Bill Corn has walked back over, and he's curled up and uh, leaned himself up against a boulder, and it looks like he's uh, trying to go back to sleep now. I guess I go to sleep? Uh, Bill Corn appears to be going to sleep. Plop is out cold. The big-armed gnome is out cold. Bill Corn appears to be trying to go back to sleep. Uh, still weary of these newcomers that I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I stay awake. Fair to enough. watch them, because I don't know what's going on. All right. And we'll go ahead and skip ahead through time. Uh, 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 that, that's, a, that's a pretty good sleep. Uh, uh, plop! Plop! And you see Bill Corn get up, and he starts walking over and starts kicking. Uh, wait. Bill Corn gets up, and he goes over to start kicking Plop. And he starts kicking him awake, and Plop gets up. And he's looking around. That's a good sleep. All right. So what are we doing? Okay. And I see this. Yarp. That was a yarp. Good Lord. That was a yarp. Um, Okay. So I head over towards them. Uh, Doing that, you still see uh, Push Carrix still awake, still staring at his fire, still stoking it. And uh, it looks like he has not gone to sleep. And I've told him everything, Yes. Yes, you have. Okay. And you get over to the gnomes. Uh, you see Plop starting to pack up his shit, and uh, he Plop starts walking over to one of his mini horses, and Bill Corn's doing the same. Uh, looks like they're packing up and getting ready to go. Okay, so where are you guys going? And go- what exactly are you doing? We're going back to the League of Wizards. Our mission's over. They aborted, so we're going home. Well, I'm going with you. Well... Okay, what about your friend? My friend wants to be out here left alone by himself. He has his own mission. Oh, well, okay. Hey, buddy, how you want to go to the League of Wizards? Andrea, this this quest you're on with the gnomes, is that beneficial to you? I don't know yet, but I have to figure out where I came from and how to get back. And that may not mean anything to you, but I need to work out how to make everything right. What if I told you I could help you with that? I'd be really interested. Hey, you guys want to go to the League of Wizards or what? Yeah, we're going to the League of Wizards. Shut up. Well, hey, hey, come on, baby. Mm. And, he, and he winks and blows you a kiss. And I refrain from backhanding him. Come on, baby. Let's go. So I grab Horseykins and we get ready for the journey. All right. And at this point, it looks like Plop and Bill Corrin have got their horses all ready to rock and they're about to leave. You've got Horseykins. You're ready to go. And uh, Push Carrick looks to be just kind of looking out at all of you. Not too sure what he's going to do yet. I try to reason with Andrea that if she goes with Plop and Bill Corrin's, that she's greatly uh, outarmed. She has no way to defend herself if she doesn't know if they're going to, you know, take her onto her quest or if they're only going to use her. So 
I try and convince Andrea to stay with me to allow some sort of protection. Uh, very convincingly, uh, Push Carrix is explaining to you that uh, leaving with the gnomes would leave you at a disadvantage. Uh, they do have much more weapons and materials than yourself. You just have your person and a dagger, and that's it. And, he, and her voluptuous breasts. She also has those. I welcome him along. All right. Uh, it looks as though everybody is inviting you along if you wanted to continue to the League of Wizards, which would take you through the desert and possibly in places that you would want to go through the desert. Which way to the League of Wizards? Uh, Let's see, Donna. Just go south from here. See that way. And he points off in a direction uh, towards the southeast of where you guys are at right now. I'm wary of it because that's the direction that the zombie... Were they, or are they zombie elves? Yeah, zombie elves. Zombie elves. That's the direction the zombie elves came from. And if they're going back that way, I decide that I don't want to go that way. So I try to convince Princess Andrea to stay with me and go to the east to get out of the desert the quickest. And while I appreciate that understanding there is some magic that can't be understood and we're told to go this different direction we've got to follow the direction where we've been told uh you glance over at plop who sees a little bit of a growing maybe disagreement or a little bit of a growing antagonism between everybody and you see plop reaching down towards his bag um and he looks like he's preparing for something. What is your main goal? Uh, my main goal is to get back to the League of Wizards with my brother. Great. We have no interest in making that harder for you. Oh, okay. are you sure about that? I don't know about your friend. My friend is fine. Looking around, Plop uh, looks over at Billcorn for some kind of notice from him, and Billcorn looks over at Push Carrick's as well. And it looks like both of them are kind of readying themselves. Like maybe... Uh, there's about to be a little dust up. I give Bill Corrin a look. Your look over at Bill Corrin, he appears to lighten up a little bit, but still at the ready. Uh, things go sideways, mm -hmm. and Plop uh, now has his hand on his sword uh, on his back. You'll take us to the League of Wizards. Oh, you think you can order me now? Is that what's going on? If you can't lead us, then we'll find a way to lead ourselves. And it may be to eliminate you. At this threat, Plop and Billcorn uh, both look at the each, each of you and then back at each other. And Plop pulls out his sword and you see uh, Billcorn uh, pull out. It looks like a little beaker of some kind of liquid. And he goes, well... You're going to have a real tough time with that if that's the way you want to go. So can I scream back at, what is his name? God, it's Push Carrick. Push Carrick. Yeah. Good. You'll need to pull out a weapon. We're going to need to have some conversations here. And Push Carrick hears that. And I look at their puny little single-handed swords. <laughs> And pull out my two-handed, girthy, and large swords. It's very heavy. And immediately intimidate them. 
giving off uh, an intimidating double-handed sword hold towards the gnomes, you see, you see Billcorn arch his arm back to get ready to throw this beaker and then plop charges forward. Billcorn has just chucked a little beaker towards you guys. Uh, Andrea, it is coming towards you. Plop has his sword drawn and he's aimed at Pushkarex. Uh, Andrea, you have the opportunity to try and do something here with his beaker flying right at you. I'm going to try to catch it. Andrea, attempting to catch the beaker of uh, this yellowish liquid that's been thrown at you, uh, you stumble and bumble as it comes at your hands and it smashes right against your face. Uh, liquid now, yellow, li- yellow warm liquid now spraying all over you. Uh, it's gotten all over your chest and face. Uh, and you start to feel weird discomfort all over your body. Push Carrick's. You look over and you see Andrea starts to begin shrinking down. And you start, see her shrinking down and she's blasting down to the size of now she's about maybe a foot tall. And all of her clothing and everything else has shrunken with her so she's not naked. See, I'm progressive. Okay. Uh, so Princess Andrea is now one foot tall, covered in yellow, warm liquid. And Plop is now charging towards you, Push Carex, with his sword drawn. So I swoop up Princess Andrea like a newborn baby in one arm. And I, I draw my two-handed sword with one hand and Damn. to fend off Plop. And, uh, you know, I... So you have Andrea in one arm mm-hmm. as the foot-tall baby covered in the yellow liquid. Yes. And your sword in the other arm, and Plop is now charging at you. And I tell him, ain't nobody got time for this. I ready myself for to uh, battle with uh, Plop while holding baby Princess Andrea. So do you aim to defend yourself with Andrea, or do you try and attack Plop as he's coming in? Which do you... uh, Defend. I aim to defend. Okay. Plop, charging in with his big oversized arm on a gnome, comes up to you. His top of his head is probably at your belly button, but with your large, girthy sword, you're able to get it out in front of you, blocking off his uh, smaller sword easily. You're even able to throw him backwards about 10 feet just with the thrust of your one-arm sword. Uh, You see Plop being thrown back, and now Billcorn looking over at you. uh, appears to be pouring a couple more liquids together. But as he's doing this, you see him stop and peer off to in the distance behind you. Realizing that I have the time as he's uh, mixing up potions, I, I look around uh, behind me to see what he is looking at. Turning around, uh, you're now able to see, uh, now that the sun is up and light has covered the vast desert wasteland, You're able to see a large group of silhouetted people in the distance. It looks like it might be a small army detachment of people. Uh, They're several miles away, but you can make it out as a moving army. And they are moving north to south west. And if you were to gauge this, Andrea, uh, as he turns around, you're also able to look off. And it looks like they're going towards Crandon's castle, where you just came from. We need to move a different direction. Um... What what the hell is that? Oh hey, I'm I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, he's looking over at both of you guys now. Uh, Push Carrick's turned around, looking off in the distance. He goes, "Okay, truce, nobody fight." But there's like a giant fucking army over there. 
The, um, what is that? What's going on? I'm not sure what's happening. Well, um, we should probably get the fuck out of here. Um, Plop, get your shit! We're out of here, man! And in the middle of this fight, uh, the silhouetted army in the distance uh, appears to have frightened them. And you see them packing up all their shit to get ready to go. And as you look at Billcorn, he pulls out a small dagger that looks a little odd and it glows blue. As he pulls it out, you see a beam of light shoot off of it towards the east. And it looks to be not straight, but maybe a little downward in an angle. And he goes, okay, we gotta go this way. Plop, let's go. So I tug on, what is Push Carrick's. Push, push, push Carrick's and let him know we need to go this way. Okay. Uh, so you guys, do you want to follow them? You're going to do your own thing? What is your plan here? Holy fuck. We need to get out of there that our little skirmish is not, you know, the big deal at this moment. We, this army could wipe us all out. So we decide just to get the fuck out of there. Okay. All right. So as he gets the blue light up, uh, Andrea, you see horseykins, but you can't ride it because you're too small at this point. But uh, Push Carrick's has his own horse. I guess he could leave horseykins behind. Please save horseykins. <laughs> Andrea pleads with Push Carrick's to take horseykins with. But I know my horse, and I know he's fast. I don't know horseykins. Will Horseykins even listen to me? Horseykins will listen to you. Please save Horseykins. Uh, hearing the word Horseykins, you see Horseykins' head pop up, and uh, Horseykins walks over, and she nuzzles up baby Andrea and starts rubbing her snout on her on her face. Her nostril almost engulfs your head because you're so small. I missed you, baby. You get a little snot on the top of your head. It's fine. <laughs> Um, it appears as though they are kindred spirits and they're connected. Uh, push carriage, you see this and you appear, you see the gnomes hop up on their horses and they're about to start taking off. Oh, I'm in a hard spot here. Do I take my horse or do I go on horseykins? You you could technically, you could technically like take the reins of horseykins and hold her behind you. May slow you up a little bit, but you don't really know. Do it's do uh, do I still have the rope that I tied Princess Andrea up with earlier? Yes, you do. It's with all of your belongings in the sack that you have near the campfire. You could pick that up to attach your horse. Okay, so I, I take I take the rope that I had tied Andrea up with earlier that she had secretly, you know, worked her way out of, mm-hmm. and I take Horsekin's reins, attach it to the rope, and tie it to the the saddle of my noble steed <laughs> of which we don't know the name of uh freya um you are able to quickly tie this rope and the gnomes at this point now are leaving from the campsite and running east following the beam of light uh off into the distance you look out and you see with the army a small detachment breaking away from them and now now no longer moving southwest but actually coming towards you Looks like it could be as many as 20, 20 people or so, and they're coming towards you guys. Uh, I decide that to to get away. I don't like people, and I've already got too many people involved. And <laughs> baby Andrea is riding shotgun in my satchel, you know, uh, that's over my shoulder. Let's go! 
All right, so is she on the front of you or on your back? Uh, she's on my back. All right, so Andrea, uh, you're on his back in a satchel. You could stand out to look around or do stuff, but you're still a foot tall, covered in yellow liquid. What do I see? Um, if you were to look out over his shoulder, you could see now uh, the approaching 20-so detachment from the bulk of that army. You see the gnomes now riding off in the distance, getting a little bit ahead of you. They're following some kind of beam of light out into the eastern part of the wasteland. We've got to follow the gnomes. That's at least better than my plan of just staying away from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you, you decide so to follow. We'll decide to follow the gnomes. All right. <clears throat> okay, so uh, you guys now, um, you have Hoysikins in tow behind Freya, your, no, your noble steed. Uh, you guys have now torn ass. And Andrea, the ride's a little bumpier than you used to normally because you're only a foot tall now. Um Looking out and around, you're just barely peeking out of the satchel, but you can kind of see in different directions, but it's a rough ride. So I'm wanting to follow the gnomes. I, I want to get out of here. All right. So you guys following the gnomes at this point, uh, you guys are able to slowly catch up to them and you see them riding pretty rough shot, trying to get to wherever they're going. Uh, Andrea, looking over at the beam of light, you slowly see... The beam of light getting more of a degree downward, like maybe you're getting closer to some sort of uh, place or object or whatever that their their beam is leading them towards. And push characters looking around. You could converse with the gnomes. You could wait till you get to where you're going. Uh, uh, we we keep going. All right. So I don't talk to the gnomes. All right. I don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um. All right, so skipping ahead, uh, probably about 30 minutes of riding pretty hard, you do see the silhouetted figures behind you that have caught up closer to you and made up about half the distance. They're probably, let's say, about two miles behind you, but you can see them in the distance. Um, at this point, the gnomes ride up to where the beam is pointing onto the ground. It looks like nothing. It's just a spot in the dirt on the ground. Uh, they hop off of their horses and they start digging in the dirt where the beam is pointed to. We've got to get rid of these people. I agree. Too many people causes too many problems. Come on, help us dig. What the fuck are you doing? What are we digging for? Just dig, goddammit. For what? It's an it's entrance to the dungeon. Get the fuck over here. Okay. It'll, there's a transport below ground. All right. Let's dig. Dig. Little Andrea digs. <laughs> Uh, the the gnomes now looking down at you as a tiny person. Oh, what's going on, Shorty? You having a tough time? Hmm? You gonna do some digging? Do you, I, you I little clowns? Plop in the face. Unable to get high enough to reach Plop's face, you just see Andrea jumping up off the ground trying to reach his face to slap. She takes big arching windups over her head, but is not able to reach the gnome's face. And Plop just looks down at you and Fine. giggles. <laughs> Fine. Just God damn it! Over there! And he points you to the side of what looks like a large square uh, in the dirt. And he's telling you to dig around it. What are we digging up anyway? It's an entrance to the dungeon! Just help dig! A, a dungeon to what? It's a transport! It'll transport us to wherever we want to go as long as we have the dirt from that location. Will it transport me home? No. 
Well, what? We're going to transport. We're transporting to the Ninja Wizards. Oh, my God. Let's go. Push Carrick's, what are you doing at this point? I'm standing aside just laughing at this little one-foot-tall midget covered in warm yellow liquid, <laughs> swinging at a dwarf who is only as tall as my belly button and unable to reach. And <laughs> I almost fall off of my horse laughing at this point. <laughs> Um, looking down, uh, you guys are able to clear away three sides of the square in the dirt. Peering off into the distance, you do see the soldiers still approaching fairly quickly. They could be on you in the next few minutes. Why are we even digging? What? We gotta, Why? Because we can get the fuck out of here and get to the League of Wizards. You're going to get the fuck out of here and get to the League of Wizards. Well, I'm stuck. You can come to something. You know what, Plop? <laughs> fuck you very much. And I climb my happy one... How tall am I? One foot. My one foot self up to away from this whole situation. To Bush Carex's horse. It's good effort. A for effort on that one. (laughs) Uh, As Andrea's throwing a temper tantrum, Horseykins kind of walks up closer to Andrea with his snout-like interface and just kind of sniffing at you and kind of nudging you a little bit. Can I mount horseykins you're too small you're just a little, little baby you're just a little 12 inch baby can i rub horseykin sure you can rub a snoot i love you still i'm so sorry i'm so small and as you're doing this push carrick's still kind of looking around you peer off into the distance and see the encroaching 20 or so you see them uh in black garb some in black robes you see the horses, and you see a black aura coming off of all of these creatures and persons coming towards you. And as you turn back, you see that the gnomes have cleared away enough to lift the square cover and get it open. As they do so, you hear it click, and they say, Okay, let's go! And they hop on their horses, and they're able to run down into this little dungeon area. This is all bad news. All I know is it's going to take me away from this army, so... And I've got baby Andrea now. Still on the ground. Yeah. Nuzzling the face of horsey kids. Yeah. It, you know, having a kid, you know, that just wants to play with the farm animals <laughs> instead of trying to deal with actual responsibilities of the army coming at me. I decide to just snatch up baby Andrea and I follow Plop. All right, do you, do you bring Horseykins with you? Do you ride I, here? I, I jump on my steed, who is still tied to Horseykins Fair. as a rear lead, and we go go down. As you guys get down, you see Plop hop off of his horse, and he's trying to pull down the latch uh, to the outside, and you see him drop it down. He has a lit torch as he does this, and now you are underground, blocked away from those oncoming people. You open up into this large room that has two doors, and you see riding above each door, and the gnomes now have their torches lit. You have some light in the area. It's a pretty large room. There's plenty of room for all four of your horses and all of you, and obviously a really tiny Andrea. So there's plenty of room for everybody. <laughs> Always room for her. Man. And... Um, Bill Corn and Plop both look up at the doors and read the inscriptions to themselves, and they look back and forth. Right, this is—is is this an? 
I don't, I don't understand. This isn't a good, this isn't the right dungeon. And they start arguing and bickering back and forth. And you're not able to make out everything that they're saying. But you overhear, they're saying, we need Brewar. He knows about this dungeons. And Andrea Brewar is one of their missing brothers uh, that you're not too sure where is at right now. Okay, so where the fuck am I? We need to get... We don't know which door to go through. You got... I don't know. One of these could kill us. I don't know how to help you. Oh, God, I'm so scared. Uh, you see Plop kind of shrivel up. Uh, he's got his large arms, and he looks pretty pathetic. Um, as he's looking up and around, Bill Corn starts to put mix some different mixtures together, and he has what looks like goggles. And he puts on the goggles, and he pours some of this mixture into a side compartment on it. And you see him peering up and around at both doors. You have what no idea doing? what's going on. Look, these are goggles. I can see magical shit with them. I just put some liquid in so I can see what's going on with the doors. Maybe I don't it... want to be here. Okay, go outside. Die. Go ahead. You want to go outside and die? Well. <laughs> want to go outside ex- and die? That seems extreme. But you can do that if you don't want. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Andrea stomps and it looks really mean as a one foot person. <laughs> Push characters, you're still up on your horse as everyone's fidgeting around and trying to figure out this clusterfuck of nonsense happening. But it appears as though uh, Bill Corn is trying to decipher which door to take uh, to get into this dungeon, which they have explained has a transport in it that can take you to the League of Wizards. What will the League of Wizards do to get when we get there? It's a safe haven, bro. And we gotta get back there for our next mission since the last mission's all fucked up. Ah, you can do whatever you want. I'm just saying, if you want to come with us, it's all good. I mean, maybe you can talk to them as a dark elf. They're, they're always interested in your kind. My kind? What do you mean by that? <laughs> um, um, uh, uh, that's not what I meant. I just said, like, you know... You, you people. My people? Really? I d- that's not on me. I d- should, should I ride on the back of the horse? I d- you know, at uh, the back of the horse? On the back of the bus, too? That's not... I'm so sorry. I don't know what to say. I apologize. Um, as you guys are arguing and stuff, you start to hear large banging and slamming on outside of the door where you guys came into this area. And it appears as though the creatures and beings that were coming towards you have now made it to the little dungeon entrance door. I asked him, who is at the League of Wizards? Some of the most powerful wizards in the entire world. I mean, if you need something and you help us out, I mean, they'd probably help you out. I'm sure you want something. I, I do. But who are you to them? Would they take your word? If... Yes, we we are acolytes of the League of Wizards. We work for them. We we can do. We can have your staff. I'm telling you, man. Andrea, you look up to the ceiling and you see the pounding and everything is increased, and now it's gotten loud enough, and you start to see cracks appear in the ceiling. You start seeing little bits and pieces of material coming down from the ground. Oh no! Take cover! I, I run. All right. Uh, running away, as soon as you do that, 
you start to see actual pieces of the ceiling come down as large rocks. And you run away. You try and dodge and shit. Yes. All right. Uh, attempting to dodge. Uh, Andrea, you successfully dodge. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, Alex uh, does not dodge. And pieces of the ceiling are now falling, and Alex is nailed by a couple pieces of the ceiling. And more pieces of the ceiling start coming down and blocking off the other parts of this room. And Horseykins narrowly dodges a rock. Oh, Horseykins! And uh, she runs over to you, Andrea, and she's like... (laughs) Horseykins rubs her face up on you like, protect me, I'm a horsey. Can I mount horseykins? Do you, I have enough space? There is enough space, but the three doorways uh, in front of you, it's not large enough for you to be on top of. Horseykins can follow you through one of the three doorways, but um, as you're figuring that out, more of the ceiling starts coming down, and you see an actual hole towards the outside world, and you see a large troll creature holding a giant, looks almost like a tree stump as a club, and he's pounded his way through the top. Uh, looking up, you see him looking down with crazed eyes and a bunch of dark soot and blackness all over his face, wearing a giant black cloak, and he's staring down at you, and he's got his eyes fixed on you. Okay, so... Let's get the fuck out of here! Yep, I'm down with that. Okay, um, well, we take our chances to run at the doors, or we fucking, uh, we just die with the troll. What do you want to do? Uh, so, the first one. Left, middle, or right? Left? Uh, all right. Looking towards the left, uh, Bill Corn and Plot both look at you, look around at the rooms, and they decide it's better to just take their chances going down the left than it is to just sit there and wait. Uh, you look over as Push Carrix is down on the ground unconscious, several pieces of boulders on him and around him, and it doesn't look like he's getting up. Poor Bush Carrix. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Andrea, you leave Push Carrick's behind, and all, all three of you, including Horseykins, take off down the left tunnel. Okay, let's go. All right, as you do this, you start running down, and it goes deeper into the ground, and you hear more slamming and punching and more rubble and stuff breaking from the ceiling and crashing to the ground. And as you come up and around a corner, uh, you come around the corner, and you see this room. It's filled with a bunch of stone, and you see a couple... They look like organized piles of rubble up in the corner of the room and a little dangling logo that shows L-O-W for League of Wizards on the top. Oh, goodness gracious. And Bill Corn goes, holy shit, we got the right one! Yay! And he uh, looks over and you see Bill Corn rip off uh, his little bandolier full of different items and materials to pour and mix shit. And as he's doing that, you hear more crumbling and crashing, and you hear the roars of creatures coming down the aisleway. I mean, coming down the uh, the hallway you just came down. And as he's pouring and mixing stuff, uh, Plop looks over and goes, "Well, uh, it's nice to know you. You wanna uh, you wanna knock one out before we die, huh?" I'm good. Uh, come on, I'll just take off my pants, and you know we'll touch. Okay, um, so where do, where can I go? <laughs> right now you're stuck in this entrapped room and it looks like Bill Corn is mixing together some kind of magical potions or something. Maybe to activate this little thing you see in the corner of the room. You're not sure. Bill Corn, what you got? I gotta mix this shit. If I mix it up and pour it, then I just need some dirt from the League of Wizards. 
As soon as I get the dirt, I think we can get through. How do I get the dirt? No, I've got it right here. And he holds up a little mason jar filled with uh, just looks like regular old dirt. Um, and you remember earlier he had mentioned the way that this activates and takes you somewhere is using the dirt and your thoughts to try and travel or take you somewhere when you go through the portal, the, the transport portal they were talking about. Okay, so I try to focus my thoughts. All right. Uh, focusing your thoughts, you see Bill Corn down on the ground. He finally mi finishes mixing whatever he's doing. And he starts pouring it over the League of Wizards uh, uh, logo metal thing that's in on top of the piles of rubble. And as he does that, you start to see a little blue light emanate from the middle of the piles of debris and the little logo. And you start seeing it getting bigger and rising. And as it's doing this, uh, uh, Bill Corn grabs some of the dirt and he gives it. He says, put this in your hand. Hold it tight. Okay. Um, he pours a little dirt in your hand, then he pours some more dirt in Plop's hand, but Plop's pants are around his ankles. Uh, it looks like he was getting ready for something. I, I don't know what. Crazy. <laughs> and as you're doing this, uh, you see the door actually emanate a big, bright, white light, and you see it actually fluctuating, and there's like magical bluish liquid portal that's opened up at this point, and you see it emanating light, and he goes, okay, let's go! And he grabs Plop by the nape of his neck, and he pulls him through the gateway, and they jump through. I and rush now, through after them. Uh, and Horseykins is behind you. Okay, well, I try to pull Horseykins in. All right. Um, they're out of the way, so you're not sure what's going to happen to Horseykins, but you pull Horseykins through, and you and him go through, and then whoosh! And where the hell has Andrea gone? And what is this portal? Who knows, man? Maybe we'll find out in another episode of The Lost Tales of Adventuring. The uh, coronavirus is still spreading everywhere like a wildfire. And who knows what that means for the show, but I'll keep doing what I can. And if we got to take a long break until it all clears up, we'll do what we have to do. Please head over to YouTube, though, and check out the two animated adaptations of the podcast. Just search The Lost Tales Adventuring or check the Third Brand channel. Uh, if you want to help us out, I'd appreciate it. You can rate, comment, subscribe, share, anything. Any of that stuff helps, and it needs your love. And, of course, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram now, at Mitch Stockton or thethirdbrand.com. Also, check out the homies, Angela, Andrea, <laughs> yes, Angela, Andrea is T-L-T-O-A underscore princess, along with the crew, at the real Skyman with two N's, at Kevo Modesto, and so Olive 525. Until next time, for Andrea Santo, I am Mitch Stockton, I love you guys so much, and may your journey be magical! Okay. How big is it? <laughs> takes two hands <laughs> not a question i'd ask i'm a princess oh whoa hey gd it oh gd wow you're gonna use that kind of acronym terminology and offend <laughs> everybody now so i'm talking to pa posh Nerik? posh posh Kernic? my name is push carrick push carrick yes that's a quite a fancy name <laughs> um so, hey, dude. <laughs> Fair.
I don't take kindly to dark elf round, yeah.